Welcome to the Odyssey Podcasts. This is Jean Cavellos, Director of the Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust. Odyssey is a nonprofit with the mission of helping writers of fantasy, science fiction, and horror improve their work. To fulfill our mission, we offer a six week workshop each summer in New Hampshire, online writing courses and webinars each winter a critique service and consultations year-round, and many free resources, including these podcasts. Please consider making a donation to Odyssey so more writers can build their skills and realize their dreams. We can only continue each year with the support of donors like you. For more information on Odyssey, visit odysseyworkshop.org. Podcast 116 is an excerpt from the question and answer session of Megan Spooner at Odyssey 2018 about collaboration and writing for the young adult audience. The text of this recording is copyright 2018 by Megan Spooner. The sound recording is copyright 2019 by Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust. With this, our 116th podcast, Odyssey marks 12 years of offering lecture excerpts by top writers, editors, and agents, a total of 27 hours and 55 minutes of concentrated expert writing advice. I hope you're finding these helpful. If you haven't yet made a donation to Odyssey, please consider making a gift so we can continue to offer these podcasts and all of our other programs. We can't do it without your help. Thank you. I don't know what it's like to do that collaborative process. I haven't really heard much about yeah. like, the actual structure of how you do it schedule-wise. So with me and Amy, we actually started writing together uh, <laughs> via an online role-playing game, a text-based role-playing game where you create, I'd create a character, she'd create a character, a whole bunch of other people would create a character, and then everybody would write a little bit about like what their character says and does, and you like create a scene that way. And we did that for five or six years before we ever wrote a book, and the first book we wrote was a couple that we'd been role-playing for like a year, this shipwrecked pair of science fiction people, and then that wound up being our first book. So we actually do it a bit differently, I think, than most I mean, I assume everybody does it differently. Every writing partner pair does it differently. But we actually role-play all our characters first together so that we get sort of a basic relationship between the characters, the way they interact, their voices, their dialogue. And then we alternate chapters. So we tend to alternate points of view. So I'll write a point of view, a chapter from one character's point of view, and then she'll write a chapter from the other character's point of view. And we'll alternate, and that's how we draft. And then when we revise, it's like a free-for-all. And I'll edit her stuff, and she'll edit my stuff, and we'll forget who wrote what. And by the time the book is done, about 50% of it, we wouldn't be able to tell you who, who wrote what. But it's mostly just a lot of communication. If you're thinking about doing a collaborative project with somebody, do a lot of communication first. Talk about what your long-term goals are, your short-term goals. How quickly do you want to write? Like, what on average, how many words a day? Because if you want to, you know write a story in a week, and they want to write a story in six months, it's going to be a lot of tension on the relationship. And decide, you know, what's most important. You know, do you want to have fun? Do you want to get published? Do you hopefully want to do all of the above? 
it's just important to make sure that you're all on the same page before you really get started. Especially because somebody might be more, like you might be more invested in the story than your partner, and they might just be like off doing all sorts of other things, and you're sort of sitting there going, oh, what about our baby? Uh, and that's really unpleasant. And that's usually what I find tears apart most, most attempts to do collaborative projects, is just like a lack of communication up front. So just kind of building on that, so what do you find are the benefits for you doing that? Hmm. Well, with me and Amy, we've been writing together now for 11 or 12 years, and she knows my writing better than I do, and I know her writing better than she does, and we can anticipate each other in a way that I can't even anticipate myself. Like, I remember um, giving her the first few chapters of a, a book that hasn't come out yet, um, come out next year, and I had set up what I thought was the love interest, and she handed it back to me. She's like, oh, I'm so excited to see where this love interest goes. And she was talking about the villain. And I was like, yeah, what, what book are you reading? And I like got about a chapter further in, and I was like, oh, shit, she's right. The villain is the love interest. So, like, I mean, and the thing is, I would have gotten there eventually, but it would have taken me two-thirds of the book, and I would have had to rewrite it. So when we write together, we can kind of skip that, the sort of false start that you have because we can anticipate what the other person is trying to do, even before it's a conscious decision on their part. So for us, I mean, it's cheesy, but really we're sort of greater than the sum of our parts when we write together. I can't necessarily say that that's the way it is for everyone because we have the unique position of having written together for so long and being best friends, basically sisters. I mean, like we're in each other's heads all the time. But in general, I find it really helps with motivation, for example, because you know I might not feel like writing, but I definitely want to read her next chapter. And in order to get her next chapter, I have to write my next chapter. So accountability is really great. Motivation, being surprised by your own story. It's kind of almost like reading fan fiction of your own work in a way, because like sometimes they'll do something that you didn't that you didn't even think was in the text, and then they do it and you're like, oh right, that totally is in there. That's just fun, you know? Yes. Yeah, Unexpected and, and cool. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> It is great. It's, it's a wonderful thing, and we're very fortunate to, to get to do it. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you. Um, mm -hmm. I understand you write for young adult, mm -hmm. the young adult market. Did you seek that out? And if so, why? Yes, I think I did. And I think it's because I experienced my sort of strongest pull toward writing after reading books that were really targeted toward young adults. Those were the books that really made me, and of course these these are books before young adult was a, was a thing. So we're talking, you know, Tamara Pierce and Diana Wynne Jones and things that were definitely targeted towards younger readers. But it was sort of before the whole YA thing happened. And so I think for me, it's about sort of recapturing that feeling of being swept away. And there's no audience that is that is more devoted and more enthusiastic and more open to being swept away than, than teens. And I find that, that actually, so they've done studies now that, that show that the majority of YA readers are no longer teenagers, they're <laughs> all adults now. And I find that young, young adult readers are often still very much willing to read like they are children still. And I just love that. And it sort of helps me remember how to do that, which which can be hard, as I'm sure some of you are finding. It's It can be hard to read for pleasure once you really start working on writing as a craft. 
And I think writing for young audiences reminds me what it was like to read at that age. Yeah. Also, I mean, this is the mercenary side. Also, there's good money in it. <laughs> I mean, just putting that out there. I mean, I, I do this full time, and I don't know that I would be able to do that if I was if I was writing adult. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm curious about you know writing for the YA market. Are you kind of consciously shifting gears when you do that? How are you how are you sort of pitching the piece as you write it? I, I guess I ask as someone who's kind of like kind of thought about writing mm -hmm. YA at different points, but sort of always kind of worrying about sort of. Like, Implicitly, like talking down to a reader, and which mm -hmm. you obviously don't yeah. want to do. So, what's your process? Yeah. Like so, for one thing, there's a difference between uh, YA and middle grade, young adult and middle grade. Middle grade is sort of the eight to twelve, mm -hmm. and that's really where you'll find uh, prose that is for a younger audience. YA, however, I don't find, I don't think YA requires any change really in the way that you write, except that you're going to have a teenage protagonist. Like that's a, a must. And it's got to be, in some way, a coming-of-age story. And I don't mean it has to be, like, the road trip to college where they find out who they are and, you know, have their first boyfriend or whatever. You know, like, I'm not necessarily talking that coming-of-age. But, but young adult is, is all about figuring out, is all about your main character figuring out who he or she is and, and where they fit in the world, whatever that world may be. And that's, I think, why, I think that's why why it's so popular even amongst adults is because we never stop reinventing ourselves. We're always still figuring out who we are and where we fit in the world, and, and that never really goes away. Amen to that. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, like, do I consciously do anything while writing YA? No. I write the stories I want to write. I write them the way I want to write them. Sometimes you have to give some thought about, like, swearing and sexual content Violence is totally fine. You can just like disembowel people left and right, and parents don't care. But if you have your characters kiss, ooh, you know. So I mean, it's it's a bit messed up. But uh, you can be excluded from certain libraries and schools if you decide to use certain language or to have a sex scene in your book. But you can still do it. It's just a conscious decision that you might lose certain audiences. Um, but I just I just do whatever I feel like the story wants or needs like not every story needs graphic language not every story has sex in it you know so if it does it does if it doesn't it doesn't yeah do you see all the genres in that in, i mean do you see romance do you see horror do you see yeah um there's not a lot of romance in middle grade mm -hmm. just because right there's just right. not a lot of interest in it but there's every every genre that you can think of you'll find in in YA, absolutely. Um, there's not as much straight up, say, thrillers. There's not as many mystery novels like detective stories. I think largely because just the logistics of having a detective who's a teenager wow. who actually gets to solve like murders and things <laughs> is a little bit hard to finesse. But that's not to say that there's not a market for it. Um, one of my one of my close friends actually is doing a series of like basically slasher thriller novels in YA, and they're not like hugely commercial like you know divergent style books, but the the niche that they have found they are just like fiercely devoted to these books because there is a market for that kind of thing. She found it. So just because like if you're looking through YA, and you're like oh there's not a lot of mystery here. If you can figure out a way to do it do it and try it because odds are somebody out there wants that book and can't find it. Yeah? What's the difference in your opinion between a story 
in the voice of its teenage protagonist for adults and a story in the voice of its teenage protagonist for teenagers. Because I know um, sometimes there's like an older adult looking back and that, that tends to yeah. appeal to adults, but like something that very much is in the voice of, say, a 16-year-old. How do you know who the audience is? For me, it's, it's sort of more about what, what arc the character takes. To me, there's a very... I don't want to say it's always the same arc, because it's not, but there's a very familiar shape to the arc of character development for YA protagonists. And it's this, again, this coming of age, this sort of like self-discovery arc. And I don't see that as often in the stories, or at least not emphasized as as being critical to the story when its target audience is adults. I find it to be almost a little bit more nostalgic, almost a little bit more like, oh, remember the days when, <laughs> when everything was simple or, or whatever. Um, but like uh, thinking of... Um, like Gail Foreman's books, are you familiar with those? If I Stay, etc. Those I think are good examples of books that were written. This is going to help you because you haven't read them, but that were written. They could definitely be read by a younger audience, but they were definitely, to me, written with an older audience in mind. And they very much have this sort of looking back feel, rather than this "I am a teen now and going through this stuff now" kind of feel. It's kind of a fine line. It's kind of a nuancey thing. But to me, it's, it's about character, what happens to a character. The text of this recording is copyright 2018 by Megan Spooner. The sound recording is copyright 2019 by Odyssey Writing Workshops Charitable Trust.